Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are here this morning. Thank you that you have a word for each of us. Holy Spirit, come, open our hearts, make us ready to receive from you. Father, I pray that you will guide me as I speak, that you'll take me where you want me to go. Father, we pray, thank you that you are with us and that you have something special for each of us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, team. So I will take a moment to compose myself again. Um, Nathan Chester said, I know you're preaching this morning because you always bring a prop. So I'm not letting him down. I have brought a prop. So that is fine. Just nice and forward, guys. Thank you. Okay. Um, this is a painting done by Phil Pringle. Just hang on a minute. That will annoy me all service if I don't do that. <laughs> so this is a painting um, that I own that was done by Phil Pringle. And I'm, um, I've brought it in because I want to share part of a revelation that I received Probably about 20 years ago, I've been in this church, oh, probably 18 years. I've been in this church about 20 years. Paul and I couldn't remember exactly when we came, but it's about 20 years ago that we joined this church from a more traditional um, church that we'd been going to previously. And a couple of years in, we joined a few other couples and went to a leaders' conference at Oxford Falls in Sydney. And as part of that, um, we were able to do workshops and I went along to some creative arts workshops and um, Jeff Crabtree was the principal of the School of Creative Arts at the time there. And so I sat in a number of sessions. And it was really impactful. For me, it was a real revelation in my life. And that's what I want to speak out of tonight. I, uh, today, I'm not going to be that long, don't worry. <laughs> okay. Um, Fergus McIntyre often talks about how we should speak out of... Um, our revelation at salvation or a revelation in our life. And for me, this was a really easy message to put together because this is my passion and this has been my revelation in my life. And I really want to impart some of that to you today. So I'm actually going to go back to a journal entry that I made at the time that kind of describes some of what happened at the time. Just to, I've sort of set the scene about the conference. The other thing about Oxford Falls is right from their early days, they've always had an art gallery as part of the church. And to go to the workshops, I was walking through this art gallery. That's just where you went. And this painting caught my eye every time I went through. It's not necessarily my favourite painting. I would say there's other artworks that I like better than this. But at the time, this caught my eye and kind of was like talking to me. And I kind of was wondering what it was trying to say to me. I'll let the, my journal entry explain. So Jeff, in the workshops, gave examples of how the, the um, creative arts can and has ministered to people. He explained the Holy Spirit is deposited in the artistic creation of a Christian artist. The Spirit speaks to our souls when we view or experience the art. He gave the example of looking at paintings and always being drawn to a particular one because it speaks to us, even though we don't necessarily know what it is speaking. Immediately, I could see one of Phil Pringle, 
Phil Pringles. Who named him Phil Pringle? Goodness, his mum. Okay, Phil Pringles <laughs> paintings in the gallery because I kept going back to it every time I walked through the gallery to sessions. I sense, and that was a weird, I'd never had such an experience before. It was very weird. I didn't understand what was happening. I sensed very strongly that I needed to buy the painting. And as an initial investment into God's dream, he was giving me. And I didn't know what that dream was either. It cost quite a lot of money. At the time, I remember ringing Paul, who I think wasn't with me. And I remember ringing home and saying, um, how would you like to spend X amount of money? Gulp. <laughs> Um, a lot of jigsaw pieces have locked together through the input of a number of sessions leading up to this final one. I also had a strong awareness of the whole of the anointing through the session and felt as if God was anointing me for a new future ministry in the creative arts area. It was an awesome and very emotional experience. I struggled to keep myself together for much of the time in what was really just a lecture-style presentation. The impact was very intense, emotional and difficult to explain. I won't have come close to explaining the experience in these couple of pages I'm writing. When I went back to the painting, I asked myself what it was saying to me. It spoke of the need to look far, to dream big, to look way out beyond and see how big you can make the dream. Look further and make it bigger. I feel really big inside, a weird feeling. I feel like God has planted something in my heart. If I imagine going to that physical place, God's presence is very real and strong. There's kind of this physical spot about here in my chest that I can kind of imagine going to. Ever since that time, it's kind of, for me, the place of the anointing, which I can, if I think about that position of my body, I can go back to a place of God's presence. It's a, a strange thing to understand, but it's a very real experience for me. I know where God has planted the dream physically in my body. It was only when I got back to, the, uh, to Adelaide that I found the gallery brochure and, um, and the, the exhibition, I didn't know this at the time, but the exhibition had the title, The Leader, The Dreamer. Awesome. That's what the, the picture spoke to me. That's what the artists would have been developing in their artwork as they created each piece. That may seem obvious, but I can feel the Holy Spirit ministering to me through this painting in a way I can't understand. I want to take several things that I feel God planted in me at that time and elaborate on them this morning. Um, and the first, so I've got three major points if you're taking notes. So the first is that creativity is in us because it's deposited there by the Holy Spirit. And I feel like that's what happened to me at that time. That creativity had always been there, but I had a revelation of it in a new way. And I believe that that's something we all need to take hold of, that creativity is innately in us. It was put there by God when we were created. Um, both John and Bruce in previous sermons have alluded to this. So if we go right back to the very beginning, to Genesis 1... Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was a formless and empty darkness, em formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was there from the beginning, in the moment of creation, and is part of creation and is part of bringing creation into being. And then if we jump down to verse 26, 
So God created the world, put everything in place, sky, sea, fish, animals. Everything was in position. And God said, let us make people in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. It's the key thing there is that then God said, let us. Who's the us? Let us. Well, that's God, Jesus and Holy Spirit. He's got a team. Let's create this together. The Holy Spirit was a critical part in that creation. And then they did create. They made people and they made us in God's image. Now, if we're in God's image, what's the very first thing that God did? God created. So that means that we are innately, naturally creative. Now, if I said God is love, I think most of us are going, we're reasonably comfortable in going, well, God is love, I am love. Right? God is love, you repeat after me. God is love, love. I am love. love. God is forgiving, forgiving. I am forgiving. God is creative. I am creative. Some of us will go, that didn't feel so comfortable. We are more comfortable saying, yes, I'm loving. Yep, I can do that or I can work on that. Yep, I'm forgiving. But quite a few of us will go, creative, mm, doesn't feel as comfortable, doesn't sit as well. But we have to learn to, to take that on board and for it to feel as comfortable as anything else. Now, the really important thing here is that creativity is broad. The the difficulty is that we tend to, particularly maybe, I don't know if it's the Western world, but we equate creativity with arts, music, dance, painting. And so people will say, oh, well, I'm not very creative. What they're actually saying is I'm not very artistic. And it's really important. And if nothing else from today, I want you to take away that distinction. And if you can admit that, yes, there's probably been a time where I've said, oh, I'm not really very creative. I want you to change that statement and never say that again. It is okay to say I'm not very artistic because not everybody has artistic gifts. We are not all going to be a Phil Pringer painter. We're not all going to be a musician. We're not all going to be a dancer like Emma and her beautiful team. Definitely not going to be a dancer like Emma and her beautiful team. So we, that's, we don't all have those giftings. So we need to learn to shift that and say, I am not artistic. All right? But we can say, I am creative. And we will elaborate a bit more. And that's what I want you to go with today. Being able to say... I am creative because that's what God has made us. Um, In um, Exodus, Moses was um, called up the mountain and God was speaking to um, Moses about the law and about what he wanted the people to do. And he gave him lots of instructions And there's about five or six chapters where he talks to uh, Moses, and it was just Moses. And he told him about building a tabernacle and an ark, and there was really specific instructions about tables and lampstands and curtains and altars and courtyards. 
and even a particular type of oil and clothes, all of this stuff that he kind of offloaded to Moses in this conversation that they had on the mountain. But when you get to Exodus 31, God then said, and have I got it here? No, I shall have to. We got Exodus 31 up there. Right, see, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of the Hur, the, son, the tribe of Judah. And I filled him with the Holy Spirit, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge and with all kinds of skills. To make artistic designs for work in gold, silver and bronze. To cut and set stones, to work in wood and to gauge in all kinds of crafts. Did I give you any more? Yes. Moreover, I have pointed that dude of the tribe of Dan to help him. Also, I've given him ability to all, the, to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded of you, to you. Commanded, yes, to you. So he offloaded all this stuff to Moses. And Moses, I don't know if Moses was creative, artistically creative, or when I mean, he, he is creative, I just, yes, I need to correct myself there, don't I? Artistically creative, did he have those skills? But he then provided. And he provides by providing us because we can bring those skills to the table. Um, some of those are artistic tables, but there's crafts there. There was talk about making a tent, right? Well, my husband, you want a tent? Talk to my husband. He could make you a tent. So there is all sorts of crafts and things. Now, that's specific to that scenario, but they're examples of where God called people to minister into the people of Israel at that time creatively. The first thing he did was fill Bezalel with the Holy Spirit. That Bezalel is the first person in the Bible where it's de described specifically that a person is filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the first occasion if you look biblically through. So that's the priority that God puts on creativity in his church. Right, so the first, he didn't, he, it wasn't a minister, it wasn't a prophet, it wasn't the um, priest that got the Holy Spirit. It was somebody who was going to do creative work for God. They were the first person that was filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of those skilled workers, it's the average dudes, not the priest, that got filled with the Holy Spirit. That's us. We're the average dudes that are going to do the work of God in the church. Now, one thing is God creates from nothing. And I think this is sometimes a hang up a little bit with creativity is God just created from nothing. There was a void and he brought things into being. We are not going to create like that. And this is perhaps why sometimes we have a block and we can get past it. We are all going, always going to build on what somebody has already given us. For example, God gave Moses a whole lot of instructions. So it was a bit like here's a bit of a plan. But then there was creative license for those people to then create within that and to build from that. And if you ask any creative um, an artist, they will always work from something. Phil Pringle started from a canvas and oils, right? And he had some sort of vision for this picture, but he wasn't he didn't just go magic, you know, appear. He had something that he started with. And that's what we need to accept is there's always going to be something that we can start with and we will build on it. But cre creativity then is defined as making something new. But that new thing, it could be a physical product, right? It might be an artistic creation or a performance, but it could be food. It might be something you're doing in your garden. It might be a business idea. Entrepreneurs are naturally creative in a business and economic realm. 
A it could be a creative way to present your school assignment or your uni assignment. It could be a solution to a problem. As John talked about last week, it might be that strategic and creative way to reach a friend with the gospel or to reach a friend with a connection or to break through a relationship that perhaps is breaking down a bit. That's what creativity is about. And we operate in that realm all the time, but a lot of the time we don't acknowledge that we're existing. We tend to go, oh, well, I'm not creative, but it's probably more about, well, I'm not artistic. So we need to get past that. We need creativity as Christians. We need creative scientists that will create a breakthrough for disease. We need creative Christian psychologists that will break through broken relationships, that can break through anxiety and depression. We need creative teachers engaging students in learning. I try. We need creative business people that are growing businesses and solving problems in the world. We need creative politicians and public servants to solve social problems. Creativity doesn't exclude any of you. You all have a place, a creative place to live and to contribute to. I wonder where and how you can be creative. And that's what I want you to think about and take away today. So after me, God is creative. I am creative. Second point, creativity is a spacious place. And I specifically asked for that song this morning because God calls us out into a spacious place, a place where we are free to dream and run and to not grow weary. That is where God calls us to. And even, I'm just going to look up a scripture because I thought of another scripture as we were singing that this morning. Part of my experience or my revelation back 20 years ago was that feeling of feeling big inside. That was one of the things I wrote down. I said, I don't, know, I don't quite know what it means, but I feel big inside. God takes us to big places. If, any, if you have... Um, if you can think about your hobby or your passion or if you are an artistic person, artistic people often talk about this, that when you are in that creative place or engaging in kind of a creative pursuit, and an example some of you might relate to is reading a book. When you're reading a book, who has had the experience of losing themselves in the story? Right? So you get absorbed into the story. Next thing you know, an hour's gone by because you've lost yourself in the story. Because you have lost yourself in somebody else's creation. All right? But you can also lose yourself in the creative process. So um, engaging in a hobby or maybe out in the garden or maybe cooking. For me, I do paint. Well, I, I draw and paint. I love drawing in particular. I haven't for a while, and I'll get to that bit in a minute. But when I do go to that place, I kind of go into this zone or this place where I, I, I lose time. It's kind of this big place that's um, it's not a space, but it's a timeless zone that you kind of go to. And a lot of creative people talk about that within their realm of working, that when they get into that place... It's a large place. It's a creative, spacious place. That's where God is calling us to. We can operate out of that place. 
So the song says, you call me out into a spacious place where I'm free to live and dream and run and not grow weary. It's a creative space. Now that's a song. What does the Bible say? Well, in Isaiah, um, Isaiah 54, I don't have this one, Jake, sorry. Isaiah 54, verse 1 and 2. Sing, barren woman, somebody who's barren, she's not in a good place. God's saying, sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you, you who were never in labour, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. That's what God calls us to, even when circumstances are not right. He challenges us to make it into a bigger space. If there's space, then God can work in that space. If we're closed off and narrow, then there's no room for God to work. There's no room for the Holy Spirit. So he wants us to be open. He calls us into those spacious places. So that was Exodus 54, verse 2 in particular. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. I, I don't know this, but she was a barren woman. It's almost like God is possibly calling her, if she's going to end up with children, she's going to need a bigger tent. All right? But you have to make the tent wider to make space for those children before I'm going to give you children. Does that make sense? Make the tent bigger and then there's space for children. If you don't have a big tent, well, I can't give you children because there's nowhere to put them. But that takes faith. We have to make that space first because then God can work in that space. But we, if we're going to have space, we have to do it with intent. All right? Because we don't know, uh, we don't know, sorry, there's not space for God to work if we don't work with intent. My goodness, this time has got away. Um, so that's the second thing is intentionally make space, make room in your life for God to work. And, and then he can, ha- then there's space for you to work. The other part about that is that um, we need to work on our skills and our giftings. Things don't magically happen. Phil Pringle didn't magically start painting. He went to art school. He studied art. He knows the technique of art. He learned how to draw. He learned how to paint. He learned how to work in oils, which is really hard. It's a lot harder than acrylics. He studied art. So he hasn't magically just become this place. Um, I, I learned piano, like I'm a music team, I play keyboards. I learned piano for eight years, eight torturous years as a child. Um, I think I was happy after about five and my mum made me keep going. But bless her, by doing that I'm now in a place where I can minister in the church out of skill and I can be creative in that place because I have a foundation. All of those scales that on hours and hours of learning those scales mean I can stand there and improvise and play with chords because I've learnt the basics. I've learnt to read the dots on the page and now we don't use the dots. But if I didn't know how to read the dots, I wouldn't be able to not work with dots. If that makes, if you're a musician, you understand me. Um, I was reading, uh, listening to a podcast of Po Ling Yao. Was that her name? Yes. You know the cook, Master Chef. Um, and, she, you know, she's done amazing things with her cooking. But she talked about the fact that she sat with her aunt as a child and learned all of the cultural dishes of her childhood. 
and she loves baking, but she's learnt the foundation. She said baking actually is quite simple and she loves the fact that it's very structured. You follow a recipe, you measure everything carefully. For her, that calms her down. Basically, you've just got flour and butter and sugar and you chuck a few other things in and you've got a cake or a slice or something beautiful and yummy to eat. But once you know those foundations, you can start to play with it. You can try a different flavour. You can she, she plays around with the temperature of the oven. She uses different sizes. She puts other ingredients in. But that hasn't come from randomly chucking things in. She knows her skill. So, that, so if you are working on a skill or a craft or you, there's a passion in you for a particular hobby... You need to work at your craft. You need to work at your skill. You need to work at your business acumen. You need to perhaps study finance. You might need to um, work on, learn more about the garden. You might need to study harder at school at some aspect of what you want to do because that's critical to grow in that space. Right? It's not magic. Okay, It comes out of hard work as well. The two things work together. God gifts us, but we have a responsibility to grow that gift. And the third thing, John talked about this last week, is that creativity is for a godly purpose. Um, That painting planted a dream in me, but that dream was for ministry in the church. And over the years, I have worked in the area of creative arts quite a lot in this church. And that was part of the dream and there was a purpose behind that. And that's why God gives us those things. He chose Bezalel and filled him with the Holy Spirit to make, right? Because there was a purpose. There was all those things that he said to Moses, I want you to do. So Bezalel was skilled and creative because God had a purpose. So the... um, God calls us to his work, not just the priests and prophets, as I said. He calls everybody into that. When people are creative, the enemy fails to have power because there's nothing that can stop God's creative sound. As with Gideon, a trumpet in the hand of a mighty spiritual warrior has more power than legions of armies. This is why the demon had to leave Saul when David played his strings instruments. It's why the walls of Jericho fell at the sound of unified voices. It's why the prison doors flung open when Paul and Silas were singing praises in the prison. Creativity terrifies the enemy because no weapon can stand against God's people as they use it for God's glory. And the devil will try and get in the way. I'm quickly going to give you 10 things that creative people tend to do. And even as I read this list, I went, oh, I do lots of those things. And I was kind of a bit surprised. And then I thought, well, why am I surprised? I'm a creative person. God made you that way. But that's because the devil will get at you and try and convince you that you're not creative. Okay, so you have to resist that. You have to be intentional in saying, I am a creative person. God is creative. I'm creative. Okay, so 10 things, quickly. So... Creative people observe everything. As I say these, if there's one of them that stands out, I'd like you, this is my challenge, is this week, this month, to take one of these things away and work on it. Right? As I go through the ten things. So the first one, observe everything. Creative people see the possibilities everywhere. They take in information. They're observers, they're watchers. Creative people take time for solitude. 
That's that space. If you are so busy and your world is full of even just noise, even always being plugged into the earphones, always having a podcast or music in your ear, if there's never silence and if there's never space in terms of time, where's the room for creativity? So take time for solitude. Three, seek out new experiences. Trying something different takes us out of our comfort zone. Okay, What, what, what might that open up for you? Four, fail up. Creative people fail a lot. Right? Somebody like Einstein talks about all the failures because out of all those failures eventually comes a breakthrough that is amazingly creative. You have to learn to deal with failure. That's what we mean by fail up. Okay? Fail forward. I think I'm up to five. <laughs> Ask the big questions. Right? Creative people are curious about everything. They're curious about people. They're always asking why and how. Six, take risks. When did you last do something that was out of your comfort zone? Seven, lose track of time. Again, that's about a spacious place, being in the zone, allowing yourself time to get into a flow state. Eight, surround yourself with beauty. God's creation will speak to you. Right? Creativity is there and God is revealed through his creation. The creative God can be seen. The God can be seen because he was creative right? by dealing, looking at beauty, whether it's creation, whether it's a beautiful painting, whether it's artwork, whether it, whatever floats your boat in terms of beauty. Nine, constantly shake things up. Experience something new. Get out of the monotonous. Get out of the mundane. And ten, make time for more mindfulness. Now, this was a secular book. It's from um, a, a book called Wired to Create by Carolyn Gregor and Scott Barry Kaufman. I can give you that afterwards if you'd like to do some reading. He talks about make time for mindfulness. That's a secular way of saying seek God. Right? That's about the spiritual. People recognise that spirituality is right needed and space is needed as Christians we'll go further and go that creativity actually isn't just out there randomly it's there because of God and I'm going to seek God that's why it's there so many of these things you can do in your regular life work relaxation time it's not necessarily something extra I'm not saying you suddenly have to go and do a whole art course it's intention within the world that you already exist in that you actually do those things Creativity is not something separate and new and this whole new thing over here I have to do. Creativity is naturally part of who we are and our lives. But we have to, it will only happen if we go there with intent. Can I have the team up, please? And if everybody would like to stand up, please. First of all, today, there may be somebody here today who goes, well, I'm not sure that I actually even know that God. You can be creative. Everybody's creative. Lots of, you know, artists create beautiful work and they're not necessarily Christian, but they don't recognise where their creativity comes from. And that's the first step for us in terms of being Christian artists and creative for God's purposes is recognising is that there is a God 
And I wonder today whether you know that creative God. So my first question today is just in case there's anybody here today that would like to know that creative God more. The challenge is there for you to get to know the God that many of us know. The God that um, I have served creatively since I had that new revelation of what God planned to give me. And I've served in the creative arts in this church for many years, led creative groups. And that grew out of that revelation that I had at that time. God planted that dream. And this this is a creative space. Phil Pringle's churches, the C3 churches, he he's the founder. So Phil Pringle, who painted this, is the founder of our movement. And he has a heart for creativity. Obviously, he's an artist, but he understands what creativity is about. And this is a safe place to grow in your creativity. And that's, it's allowed me to blossom and grow and, and build on that dream in this place. I've been really fortunate. You can have that opportunity too. So I'm just wondering today if there's anybody who would like to know that God and, and build their creative dream. If there is anybody, if you can just give me a little wave. We could close our eyes just for a minute, just give people space. Is there anybody who doesn't know that creative God, but having heard what I've said today, go, I need to know that creative God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. rest of us, I've talked about three things today. The fact that creativity has been planted in each of us by the Holy Spirit. That creativity is a spacious place that we can go to. And that creativity is for God's purposes. And I'm wondering if any of you today need to take hold of one or more of those things. It might be that you're saying, you go, yep, I'm the person that says I'm not creative, Julie. I need to actually rephrase that. I need to chuck that phrase out of my language, right? You're allowed to say I'm not artistic, no problems with that, but not that I am not creative. We're going to claim today that thing that I am creative and that the Holy it's not something we can we contrive because the Holy Spirit has given that to us. It might be that you're saying, I need to be a bit more intentional about this. I need to move into that space. Or it might be that you, you're going, oh, look, I, I know that I operate in that place, but I need to look for the purpose. Where am I serving God creatively? And it might be that God is calling you as He called me with something today. He's been niggling at you about something And he's been saying, you could be serving in the church by doing this, or you could be serving me by this, or I want you to break through for your friend because I've been prompting you with this idea and I want you to action it. But perhaps fear is holding you back. But if you let yourself go, I am creative, God put that idea there. So trust him and work with it. Just like you to just put your hand up If one of those things today has prompted you out of those three things, you're feeling like I need to actually go back to the place of I'm creative or I need to move with more intent into a creative place or I need to move more into that godly creative purpose. Hands up. If 
one of those. So I'm not going to pray for everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to just have, I've got a prayer. I'm going to pray over everybody today. Thank you, Jesus. So Lord, today, I ask for gifts and passions to rise in the hearts of the people here. I pray for creativity to flourish anew in this place. I declare heavenly revelations for inventions, strategies, ideas and solutions amongst the people here to solve people's problems, to grow businesses, for salvations, for growth in our church and your wider church. Father, forgive us for thinking at times I'm not creative. Renew our minds, reset them to see that we are creative people. Father, show people their passions. Revitalize faded passions. Lord, we promise to invest in our gifts and intentionally seek ways and space for creativity in our lives. For your purposes and your glory in Jesus' name. And the people said, Amen. I am. God is creative. Well done. You just went straight there. <laughs> Thank you very much. As always, the front of the church is open if you would like to come forward for prayer for something I've spoken about or another need that you have, healing, something that's not going well, you'd like prayer, please come forward. Myself or one of the leaders here will pray for you. Just a reminder that five o'clock tonight we have the encounter service. So go have a coffee, talk to somebody you don't know. Blessings. We'll see you tonight.